Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. What's up, what's up, what's up, what's up y'all? This is Classified. This is Mocha Only. This is Sean Price. Yeah, Ghostface Killer. This is Quake Matthews. What's up, I'm Brother Ali. Fight Diggy, Tribe Call Quest. Eloquent, man. What up, Styles P the Ghost. This is Ab Soul. This is K.O. And you listening to the Come Up Show, where that feel-good music lives. This is the show that you come up on, yeah. This is the spot that you come up strong. Hey, it's your boy Chetto. This is a special episode of the Come Up Show podcast. We usually upload a brand new episode each and every Wednesday, and we will be this upcoming week. But Chad called into our radio show this past Saturday in London, Ontario, to promote his upcoming show in London and in Toronto. We asked him a few questions. Michael from The Come Up Show talked to him hosting our radio show. Uh, The commonalities that Chad has noticed in the artists that he interviews on Q and who Chad is rooting for in Game 7 in the NBA Finals, and so much more. Let's get into it. As promised, we have the hometown hero, the one and only Shad K on the line right now. How you doing today, man? I'm doing well, Mike. How are you? I'm, I'm great, man. We, oh, we, we appreciate you calling in. This is this is a big moment for the come-up show. <laughs> right on, man. Uh, uh, yeah, the come-up show has, has always been very supportive, uh, and, and not just of me, but you know hip hop in the in the city so i uh, i appreciate the come up show a lot um well yo we appreciate you and everything that you've done for for the canadian hip hop as a whole uh this goes without saying that that all of london is excited for the show coming up on the 25th you're only uh, headlining two shows in canada so far and that's just toronto and london uh what's so special about these two cities to you you know for me um it's a chance to just kind of reconnect with, uh, you know, a couple of places that are very important to me. Uh, Toronto is, is where I live right now. Uh, it's where I've spent, you know, a lot of, a lot of my career, um, and, and, and a lot of kind of my start. And of course, London where I grew up and, uh, you know, true, truly my start in terms mm-hmm. of the first, uh, groundswell of support for me. So, so yeah, so now that I have a little bit of time, I'll have some time, uh, off of the CBC coming up in a, in a couple of weeks. It was just kind of a good opportunity to like just reconnect with with the uh, you know audiences in, in a couple of places that are important to me and and have some fun and, and play this music again and um, yeah so I have a couple of festival dates this summer but those are the only two club shows yeah just just Toronto and uh, and London that's that's awesome the last time that uh, we got a chance to see you was at uh, UWO when you did the uh, the keynote speech and then the performance. Uh-huh. And yeah, that that was great. Um, and typically, when you do shows in London, you have you have a ritual where uh, where after you're done performing, you'll you'll hit up one of the local restaurants. Are you are you planning on doing that this time around? Yeah, it's usually Barricat. That's usually the spot. Uh, everybody in my band loves Barricat, so that's usually where we head afterwards. But sometimes it's um, Prince House just across the street. Um, or somewhere, sometimes even even more low key than that. But um, those are the those are the places I miss the most. <laughs> That's big. Do you make it like an announcement, like you know, like yo, meet me at the Bearcat after? Is it just kind of people who know the routine will kind of come to hang out? Uh, not not really. We don't really advertise it, but um, yeah, there's quite a few people that know now. I mean, our my bass player, my my DJ, they basically they're always excited for London shows, specifically because of Bearcat. <laughs> they just want to go to Bearcat. That's awesome. Well, I'm definitely yeah. going to be checking the Bearcat after the show. Um, yeah, man. 
you have a, you have one of the most diverse fan groups I feel like in music when you see people that come out to to a, a shad show you have like the hip hop mm-hmm. heads the nerds the hipsters mm-hmm. so on and so on so what is it that you feel in your music that that brings these this crazy eclectic group together like what what unites them all yeah you know that's been interesting my whole my whole career is just kind of seeing who gravitates to uh, my music and why and I think that you know, if I think about the the artists that I enjoy and the music that I like, sometimes it's just a moment, right? So I think that what it is is, you know, hip-hop heads might connect with one moment, you know, on an album, uh, and, uh, you know, somebody who doesn't listen to hip-hop but is interested in, I don't know, maybe some other moment that they hear on the album. And so they, um, you know, they like me for an entirely different, different reason, you know? Um, mm. And then... I think the thing with um, with artists that you support, and I've seen this in the artists I support too, is it at a certain point it's just like kind of a choice where you kind of go, yeah, maybe I don't love everything about this artist, but like I really connect with this moment, and I kind of choose to get behind this guy, you know, and to get behind even the things that I don't necessarily relate to or connect to or whatever. So that's what I see when I look out in the audience, you know, and what I hear from people is, Hey man, like when you said this, you know, that really struck me. And as a result, like I'm here, like I'm Mm -hmm. just down, I support you, you know? Uh, and, uh, and and my sense is that for each kind of individual person, it's not like every moment on every album. It's more like, um, yeah, like there's something, some moment struck them and then they're like, okay, now I'm with you. I'm yeah, down. The, the specific hits. What are some songs like that when you're looking out in the crowd, when you're performing that, that you notice like people get extra hype for Rose Garden is one that is a little bit more universal. You know, I think a lot of people kind of connected with that song, just the general vibe of it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the Old Prince Still Lives at Home is another kind of moment for me where that uh, that song connected with people. Probably a lot of people that don't listen to hip-hop very much, they, they related to something in that song. Um, so those are, those are a couple of the moments. And then sometimes the more serious songs, you know, like a Fam Jam or a Keep Shining or something like that. Um, you know, those songs that are, that are topical and uh, a little bit more serious. They're, they're celebratory songs at the same time, but they're, you know, they definitely have a message that, um, that some people connect with. So I'd say those are the kind of the moments I look out at and I look out at the audience and, and I can tell to some extent people were waiting for that song to happen at the show yeah de- yeah definitely that, that's cool the thing like the thing that's amazing about your music too is like uh fam jam for example like you're talking about some some pretty socially conscious pretty heavy stuff but it's over like a fun funky beat like it's a party mm-hmm. song but at the same time you're like you know digging deep with the with the content as well mm, yeah i try to i try to do that you know i just believe that music um like first and foremost you know it's supposed to lift people up and bring people together you know mm-hmm. uh and then if you have the opportunity to go deeper with it that's that's great and that's important too but you know you got to try and you got to try and uplift and you got to try and bring people together so that was something on a song like fam jam uh we definitely you know scratch bastard myself whoever was involved with that song that that was something we tried to keep in mind 
Definitely. Um, just looking into some of your lyrics as well, it's, it's been over about six years since you, you dropped this track, Yeah, I Get It, where, where mm-hmm. the lines are, uh, maybe I'm not big because I don't blog or Twitter. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, looking back, at, like, from 2010 to now, do you still kind of, like, maintain the same attitude towards social media? Or you know, it's, funny. You getting... I, I, it's funny, I actually wrote a, a line that will probably appear on a song soon where I say, maybe I'm still sane because I don't blog on Twitter. Because, <laughs> um, uh, you know, I feel like I really, you know, it, it's funny, but on another note, like, on a more serious note, I feel like there's a lot of, of anxiety these days and a lot of worry, and I feel like a lot of that um, comes down to how insanely you know connected and stimulated we are um and uh and so yeah kind of reflecting back on six years ago i kind of say maybe i'm still sane because i don't blog or twitter like maybe that's that's given me uh, a bit of peace of mind um i've I've never been kind of mad at social media but it is a little bit foreign to me Mm -hmm. um and a little bit too much too much for me you know i definitely i kind of look at my life and go i have certain responsibilities things that i i i consider my responsibilities and i don't have a ton of time left over to um to communicate on a level that is a little bit superficial if i were to that just because i don't really know how to do any more than that on social media so um yeah, I actually think I have the exact same relationship to it, where it's like I'm not mad at it, but I just I don't really know how to get. It. Yeah, you're you're just kind of kind of shying away from it. Um, exactly. <laughs> uh, now you said uh, earlier that you were taking a break from the queue to 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 focus on some some music, but um, mm-hmm. as the host of the queue, you come across like tons of different talent. Uh, what are some of the, like the commonalities you'd say that you see in musicians, comedians, athletes, and all the creatives that you inter- interviewed? Are there any kind of like similar traits you've noticed? in these people um there's definitely a range but um if i had to say you know common traits for the most part they're quite grateful people you know i i think most of them have the the awareness to recognize that uh they're they're fortunate to get to do what they do um so that's that's kind of been cool to see you know mainly uh it's it's good people i haven't really had too much uh too many problems with folks. So that's kind of a nice thing to be able to say about the bulk of, um, of my guests. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, one thing I'd say that actually surprised me is how many artists I've interviewed that really see themselves doing that, doing whatever it is they're doing for the rest of their lives. I don't know why that surprised me, I guess, because I've never exactly thought about my career that way. I've always thought about my career like, um, I don't know, just kind of this adventure that I'm on. And I, and I, I honestly can't say where it's going, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas most of the people I've interviewed, they really see themselves doing whatever it is, making films, you know, writing books, making music uh, for the rest of their lives. So that's that's been an interesting surprise. That, that's interesting. Um, would you say, like, looking back from maybe, like, like, let's say 2010 for, like, a standpoint, did you ever, like, picture yourself, like, venturing into, like, you know, hosting a show? Like, a show, a show no. as big as the queue as well. Like, that's crazy. Yeah. No, it was never in the plans, you know. Uh, as, as we all know, this was really not a job that was available a uh, mm. year and a half ago, two years ago. It, it wasn't anything I was really thinking about at all. But this whole, you know, the whole journey for me from from starting to make music until now has just really been an adventure and not 
anything I could have predicted uh, at any moment. So um, I've just kind of been following along. That's cool. Who's, have you been starstruck at all? Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I have. The first week that I interviewed, uh, that I did some interviews, was um, the end of that week I interviewed Norm MacDonald. Yeah. And, uh, like, I... I'm a huge Norm Macdonald fan. I just, there's something about him I find very, very compelling and he makes me laugh harder than anybody else. Mm -hmm. I don't know if he's my favorite comedian. He's up there. I'm not sure if he's my favorite comedian, but he makes me laugh the hardest. He makes me laugh uncontrollably. So, um, yeah, so that was, I I was kind of starstruck in that moment uh, when he kind of first walked into the studio and sat down. Um, but uh, after a while, you know, man, you <laughs> you, get, you get used you get used to it. You know, like on Monday, I'm talking to uh, Buffy St. Marie and Paul Simon. You know, like it's just kind of like, yeah, so that's Monday, and yeah. then what's next? You know, <laughs> that's um, funny. Uh, with with the uh, the Norm McDonald interview, though, that was still when you were just trying it out, correct? Like that yeah, one, exactly. Yeah. That's cool yeah. to, to see an, one of your idols. And I, I, I've watched that interview, too, and it must have been, like, pretty surreal when he said, like, oh, man, you're doing great. You know, I hope I hope you keep keep it up with the show. Yeah, that's, that's what I mean by the adventure. You know, mm-hmm. like, I would have never predicted that uh, moment would happen, you know, even two months earlier. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, so that was definitely a surreal moment. And there were times in that interview where he did have me laughing uncontrollably. <laughs> he kind of had to take over for a second because I was... Uh, having trouble breathing just stop being a fan for a minute and get back into to to interview remote i guess eh Mm -hmm. but it actually it helps when you're a fan of someone in my experience you know uh because you just bring it it, you can bring more to it you you're genuinely excited to talk to this person and you have all of this curiosity the only challenge at that point is is kind of organizing that curiosity somehow and Mm. like you know deciding what to ask and what not to ask, but that's it's a better problem to have than than not being very interested in your guest. Def- definitely. Uh, so, uh, continuing with the the interviewing aspect, you uh, premiered a uh, hip hop documentary on Hot Docs, uh, mm-hmm. where you got to go go to New York and interview some of the the greatest ever to do it. Some of the forefathers like African Mubata, Grandmaster mm-hmm. Flash, Cool Herc. So, what was this experience like? Just talking to like the guys who started this whole hip hop thing. Very surreal. You know, I'd say. The most surreal was probably Cool Herc because he really is the the beginning. He really is the genesis of the whole of this whole thing. So to stand with him, also you don't see Cool Herc a whole lot. Mm-hmm. You know, not as much as you see Flash, for example. So you know, to be with the true originator himself, uh, we went right to fifteen twenty Sedgwick uh, in the Bronx where he threw the first what's considered the first hip hop party. So to wow. be Wow. You know, right there uh, with him getting the the play by play was very very surreal and really an amazing amazing opportunity. You know, just to and the cool thing too is um, the the doc was really 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 well researched, uh, really well put together, and uh, these people, the subjects of the documentary, the people that tell the story because they ended up telling it uh, more than I do as the narrator and interviewer. It's really mm. in their words. These people won't be around um, forever and maybe not even for that much longer. So it felt great to be a part of 
also just capturing that history um, on film, you know, and knowing that this film is, is, you know, being written and directed by people who know this history inside out and care a lot about it. So I, uh, yeah, man, it's, it's a real, it's a real experience and a unique experience because these people won't be around forever. Definitely. And just seeing somebody like Grandmaster Flash, and I think you, you, you had LL Cool J in there as well, or <laughs> Ice T. Just, just some of some of the greatest to ever do it. So, with that being said, talking about the legends, uh, what do you think the Shad K legacy will look like uh, when you're when you're done when you when you've stopped making music? I, the the one thing that I hope is that for the people that heard my music and uh, connected to it, um, I really hope that they, you know, have a sense that um, I gave a lot. Mm-hmm. That's that's the, that's what I hope that the legacy is. I hope that people have a sense that I I I cared about about the craft. I cared about them as listeners, and I really gave a lot to this. And um, you know, never never asked for their time if I didn't have something to offer. Uh, that's that's the main thing that I hope uh, is my legacy with music. You know, I read this thing recently about how that kind of struggle for basically you could call it integrity you know is what i'm describing you know like not wasting people's time and, and mm-hmm. giving your full effort i feel like people see look for that in artists artists play that out you know on a stage of uh, the stage of their career the stage of their life that kind of struggle for integrity and that's everybody's challenge you know everybody's trying to do that on a day-to-day basis and i think that's one thing artists give people is that exact struggle that they go through in their lives but just on a on a bigger stage and they get to kind of see that play out and hopefully, you know, be inspired by that. So I, that's, that's what I hope for. Definitely. Uh, one thing that I love about your music is like, you, you kind of have like, like an open dialogue with, with your listeners. Like, I feel like you challenge your listeners. You like, you bring up social content, some like some things that might be taboo, some other things that, uh, a lot of MCs aren't addressing. And I, I feel like it's just, it's going to be nuts to see you live on the 25th. Like I'm just excited yeah. to, for the whole, the whole energy. Thanks, man. Yeah, I think it should be a great time. I'm, I'm coming down with the whole whole band, uh, you know, uh, bass, drums, trumpet, guitar, DJ, uh, keys. So we're going to try and, and really, um, you know, pump out some sound and, uh, yeah, and just bring all that stuff, man. Bring all, this, bring all the thoughts, all the words, and, and all the music and have a good time together. That's awesome. So uh, before before we let you go, uh, we know that you're a big uh, basketball head. Uh, yeah. who, who do you have for the uh, for game seven? And who do you have for the MVP? Uh, honestly, like you know, LeBron's making his case right now. This, it's so interesting because if LeBron really does it in game seven, that you know, speaking of legacy, that that says something about his legacy uh, forever. You know, um, that being said, it's in it's in Oakland. Mm-hmm. I can't see Golden State losing this game. Yeah, uh, it's, it's. I can't see Golden State losing this game in Oakland. This is a seventy-three win team, and we've seen what home court has meant. You know, in this series alone, you know, we had back-to-back games where Golden State won by thirty at home, and yeah. then Cleveland won by thirty at home. Like that's a sixty-point swing. It's insane, and that's just <laughs> that's just home court. So I, you know, as much as I want to see LeBron kind of take his place among the legends with a with a big performance in game seven realistically i don't see that happening. 
I, I'm, I'm with you on that one. Like, I'm pulling for LeBron just to be able to, like, you know, turn the, the haters and the doubters down. But I don't see it happening this year, you know, realistically. <laughs> it's tough, man. He's just poured in two incredible games in a row. To, to, to you know, have a third uh, would be incredible. Now, I'm hoping he does, to be honest, but I don't think, I don't really see it happening. Yeah, if that happens, it'll it'll end the debates forever, the Jordan debates. But, Chad, yeah. man, we appreciate you calling in. Uh, we're excited to see, see you on the 25th. Do you have any any shout-outs or anything you want to give? Uh, right on, man. Uh, you know, shout-out everybody. Uh, London, Ontario, man, that's the hometown. Um, you know, I love the city, um, and, I, and I hope to see I hope to see some people out there. Um, yeah, shout-out everybody. Shout-out to Come Up Show. Oh, man. Well, I, once again, we appreciate you calling in, and we will see you the 25th. Right on, man. All right, all right, take care. I hope you enjoyed our conversation with the homie Shad K. And if you're a big Shad fan, check out our previous interviews. This is probably the fifth or sixth time that he's appeared on The Come Up Show. We're live each and every Wednesday on The Come Up Show podcast. Subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher Radio. I'll see you this Wednesday. Peace. Peace.